Welcome to The Megan Kelly Show, your home for open, honest, and provocative conversations. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Kelly. Welcome to The Megan Kelly Show. It is Tuesday and there is big news. Before we get to it, I want to remind you that tomorrow I will be sitting down with former President Donald Trump in an interview that we will air on Thursday, the 14th. Uh, so don't forget to tune into that. But now we begin with the breaking news about the current sitting president of the United States. Moments ago, Speaker Kevin McCarthy announcing the House of Representatives will be opening a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. Here he is just moments ago. I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. This logical next step will give our committees the full power to gather all the facts and answers for the American public. It's exactly what we want to know, the answers. I believe the president would want to answer these questions and allegations as well. Negative dings on credit reports happen to all sorts of people from all sorts of socioeconomic backgrounds. Understanding the credit landscape can be extremely tough. And spending the time to dispute and repair these so-called dings can be a full-time job. Good luck if you have kids or a job. You got to spend all your time doing this instead of those things. For starters, you're going to have to deal with three separate credit bureaus. It's all a massive headache, and they don't make it easy on you, not surprisingly. It is also a common misconception that people with poor credit scores are just folks who don't pay their bills. They just blow off their credit card bills. Not true. It can be, but it can also not be. These can be hardworking people who are negatively affected by divorce, identity theft, medical debt, student loans, and they don't have the time or they're too overwhelmed to fix it. But if you do not address negative credit items, they can come back to haunt you and for years. And when it counts the most, like getting a mortgage at a competitive rate. We know that being relegated to the status of a renter versus a homeowner can be a huge obstacle for folks trying to move their family up in the socioeconomic classes over the course of their lifetime. Well, the good news is that our new sponsor, Lexington Law, would like to help you if you're in this position. Go to LexingtonLaw.com and start today with a free consultation and review. Tell them Megan sent you at LexingtonLaw.com. Joining me now, the host of the Glenn Beck program on Blaze TV, as well as my neighbor here on Sirius XM Triumph mm. Channel 111, and that is Glenn Beck. Glenn, this is... This is huge news. It just is. And just to set the stage, McCarthy had been under significant pressure by um, a certain wing of his party, uh, sort of the Matt Gates wing, to do this. But even more so-called traditional Republicans have backed it and thought it's time. I mean, I read a scathing editorial in National Review, which I think you could fairly refer to as establishment type Republicans mm -hmm. yes. completely supporting this, completely supporting this. Um, it's being dismissed already by the White House as partisan uh, by Whatever. the left in the House and elsewhere as, you know, there's no new there's no evidence and there's no new news. So what's he doing? It's not an actual impeachment. It's an inquiry into whether they should conduct impeachment proceedings. Uh, was it the right move? Oh, yeah, I, I think it absolutely is. Um, I, I'd be interested in in hearing if I um, if you were a prosecutor and I was your underling and I came in with the evidence that we already have. Uh, would you say, oof, this is a pretty easy case. 
Or would you say, well, there's not a lot there? Because I, I think as an average person, not knowing the law and everything else, not knowing how these things really uh, you know, flesh out, I think there's an overwhelming amount of evidence now that shows that this is really a crooked family. Yeah. Would I, you agree with that? Glenn, I, I completely agree with you. I don't think they've proven crime, but they don't necessarily have to. I think they've proven already without having the full subpoena power to be able to get all yeah. the bank records, which we'll get to in a second, that they are corrupt, that at a minimum, and I've said this for weeks now, at a minimum, Joe Biden knew that his son Hunter was influence peddling on that Burisma board in Ukraine, yep. cashing checks as a result of his relationship to Joe Biden. Joe Biden allowed at a minimum, but it's beyond the minimum, the appearance of impropriety for oh, yeah. well over a year. As his, as his son became a millionaire on the Ukrainian dime. And mm -hmm. then without any pause, uh, it, given the relationship that his son had forged with this Burisma board in Ukraine, he went over there and fired the guy investigating that Burisma board president. <laughs> like, without any know. pause, as if that's the right. best. I just laid out the best case scenario for Joe Biden. Yeah, the best. That's no corruption necessarily on his side. That's just him, you know, stumbling into those things, I guess you could say there's Being there's no way that happened. Yeah, irresponsible. And that is the best uh, scenario. But we know that what I mean, I think there's a few things that are really incriminating. And I can't remember, is it was it Charles Schwab or or Morgan Stanley? It was Morgan Stanley that the vice president came out and said of Morgan Stanley came out and said, uh, it look this looks bad. This looks like money laundering and we should not be involved in this. Uh, and then he kicked it up to the board. Then he went later and kicked it to the FBI and I think the Treasury. I mean, you have people that were on the outside with no political anything to grind, uh, just people that are doing business coming out and saying, this looks really bad. You have, I think, 72 uh, yellow flags that were were sent to the Treasury from 12 different banks saying this looks like money laundering here. You have the entire family setting up shell corporations. I mean, when you look at the shell corporations alone, I don't have a shell corporation. I don't know no, what you would same. do with a shell corporation if you were if you were clean. But tell me how the family, every member of the family is what an energy expert? What? is the business behind each one of those shell companies for every member of the family that, that there's no way there's just no way it, it's it's not this hard that's right so you've got nancy mace who she was on cnn last night talking about one of the reasons why she would support this again nancy mace that is not matt gates nancy mace is a very moderate republican who has not been shy about criticizing President Trump, uh, about potentially working across the aisle. This is Nancy Mace, who you, we all remember freaked out after she saw that FBI form that had been kept hidden for so long, mm -hmm. saying it very much looks like the Bidens accepted a bribe. And this is one of the things that they're going to investigate. That's, I mean, now we're in worst case scenario yeah, if that FBI yeah. form turns out to be true um, and they find the, the financial records of it. But they don't have to, they don't have to do that. But here she is last night talking about why she's in favor of what McCarthy's about to do. 
there's a difference between an impeachment vote and an inquiry. The inquiry mm -hmm. would give us another tool in the toolbox specifically to look at Joe Biden's bank records. Everyone's screaming about the evidence. Where's the evidence? The bank records hold all of the evidence. And if the American people, Caitlin, if you could see the suspicious activity reports that I have seen on the Biden family, you would too would probably support an impeachment inquiry. We can't share the SARS reports because they're confidential and that would be against the law. So we have to prove it via other means, via the bank records, for example. If that gets us Joe Biden's bank records, then I'm going to support it. The kind of money that was involved in these schemes is astounding. You would be shocked. It would, you would blush, Caitlin, if you knew, if you'd so seen I what I had seen. You okay. I'm going to get you to respond to that, Glenn. But if you watch the whole interview, all Caitlin Collins does, who, you know, she used to work for the Daily Caller. What happened to her natural sense of <laughs> in inquiry on something like this? All she did was say, what's your new evidence? What's the evidence? There's nothing new. There's nothing new. What kind of reporter doesn't say, I see what you're telling me, there's smoke and you want to figure out whether there's fire? You're trying to tell me that the things you've seen that I'm not allowed to see because they're confidential have you deeply alarmed. Probe a little on a scale of one to ten. How alarmed are you? Did, was it one report or was it multiple? Like, help us dig to figure out why Nancy Mace, who's not a fire breather, is clearly animated about this and 100 percent wants the inquiry to begin. You know, the the other thing is, is look how they took Adam Schiff. Look how they took everything and said, this is this is the one that's going to bring him down. This is the one that's going to bring Donald Trump down. Uh, the most investigated. I, I am shocked that Donald Trump, that there's 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 really there's no he built buildings really fast. You know this, Megan. He he built like four huge hotels on the uh, on the West Side Highway at the time it took. Uh, the the city to make one sanitation building. Okay, he built like five and a highway underneath it. And I thought to myself, "There's got to be." I mean, he's hey, Vinny, hey, you got to move this a little bit. None of that. He's this investigated. You can't find anything on him, and yet every single thing they said turns out to not be true or an exaggeration, and. The press here is saying all the time, what's new? I don't know all of it. Remember, you guys said none of it was real. Well, let's just start there. It apparently is all real. Now, what's in it? You have no curiosity. I can't believe the the lack of. Do you remember? Um, well, I shouldn't say who this was. Uh, there was a, uh, there was an anchor when I was at CNN and, uh, Anna Nicole Smith had died and I think that's who it was. And, you know, she was an alcoholic. Literally, by the way, just literally the highest rated story in television history, at least during my time on cable. I don't remember a story that rated higher than Anna Nicole Smith's crazy. passing. So I'm over at CNN, and of course, when an alcoholic has, you know, the flu at CNN, call Glenn. He's a washed-up bum. And so uh, she, she's doing this story, and she's asking me about alcoholism, and I'm like, there's nothing you can do to save an alcoholic that doesn't want to be saved. If they don't, if they haven't made the internal switch, it's not going to happen. And I just, I remember just looking at her eyes were just like glazed over. She, I could tell she did not care. Until I said, my mother killed herself. She was addicted to prescription medication. All of a sudden, I just saw, oh, wait, 
I might be able to make him cry. I have something oh on the, there was no, it was, it was not honest at all. It was just about doing, uh, you know, what you're supposed to do and act like you care. I cannot believe how many people in media that just don't care, actually care about any of this. It's our country. It's your children's future on the line. And they don't care. I don't understand it. I really well, don't, and, Megan. And, and it's not just the media. OK, so clearly CNN and, and they're supposedly, you know, more right leaning host, or at least with the background of the Daily Caller. That was, <laughs> you know, that was disproven during her Trump town hall. Yeah. But I mean, the, the lack of curiosity um, it's not just the media. It's even some Republicans now. Listen to the early reaction out of the Senate, which is the body in which if Joe Biden were impeached, they would have mm. to have the trial. Remember, the impeachment is like indictment. And then the trial takes place in the Senate and you're Correct. found guilty or innocent or not guilty or not guilty. OK, so here's I know you're not going to be surprised, but here we go. Senator John Cornyn. Oh, okay. um, well, I, I'm sure his bad. is coming any second. Yeah, John yeah, Cornyn, yeah. Republican from Texas. It really comes down to how do you prioritize your time? I don't know of anybody who believes that Chuck Schumer, who's the leader of the Dems over in the Senate, will take it up and actually have a trial and convict a sitting president and goes on to say, um, then here's Marco what does it, wait, 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 wait. What does it take, Cornyn? I mean, we have just. <laughs> Just take this, for example. All of this, half of this corruption happened in Ukraine. We are currently sending, we might as well make sure that they're all in 20s and unmarked and, you know, <laughs> no, you know, no serial numbers in order. We're sending billions over to Ukraine yeah. and nobody's watching it. I mean, these the just the the dumbest person in the room do you actually believe that all of that is going to fight the war do you believe 60 percent of it do you believe 40 percent of it is going to fight the war or is it lining the pockets we are now sending that money over that is where this corruption that we're talking about with burisma happened with the same people in charge on both sides and it could end in world war three and nuclear weapons i don't know i think this is pretty important oh by the way the rest of the corruption happened in china who if we do go to war will take taiwan and wipe us are you i don't understand how i mean this isn't the Clintons in Haiti, which was bad enough. Uh, hello? This is you know leading else, us into really bad places. It shows, first of all, on, Bur on uh, Ukraine, we mentioned this the other day, and I'm sure you guys talked about it, but they, you know, they, Zelensky just had to fire his defense minister for corruption. Yeah. So it's yeah. to this day, yeah. they're taking our $60 billion and giving it to God knows whom for who knows what. And we're supposed to be over here just waving our Ukrainian flags saying, and, go, 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 go. And you notice, uh, that wasn't made into a big deal here. What? Whose money are they? We're paying for their social security. They have no money. Yeah, we when, are. When 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 we are sending money over there, it it's supposed to go to the defense department, and they just they're not. It's not like they have a lot. They're taking our money, 
and he's uh, dismissed for corruption with whose money? How come nobody cared here? No, well, and this is one of the this is one of the questions. So if Joe Biden's been compromised in some way, if they actually did pay him a 10 million dollar bribe and there are people right now in Ukraine who know that and can prove that. Yes. Um, what position is he in as the I mean, we thought he was in charge of Ukraine policy when his VP. How about now? Now that he's the president, he's really in charge of Ukraine so, po- policy. So, Nobody wants to look into it. Cornyn Rubio came out and said attempting to impeach a sitting president should generally be avoided for the interest of the country. It can't become routine. Well, of course, but I, I, these guys yeah. don't understand how to fight, Glenn. Do you think the oh Democrats thought that they were going to get Trump when he had a, a Republican Senate, when they impeached him not once but twice? They almost got him in the second one. They knew they weren't going to get him. They tried. They wanted to make a point. The Republicans are they weren't rolling over before the fight even begins. But I, I don't want to make a point. This is every impeachment that I've gone through in my lifetime. I remember Nixon. I was really small, but I remember Nixon. Crime, crime, Clinton, crime of perjury. Does that Mm -hmm. rise high enough? Uh, You know, the president shouldn't lie. Well, we've we've settled that one. Um, Then the Trump stuff that wasn't this is high crimes. This is the president taking bribes from our enemies and doing business with really corrupt people using our banking system the way terrorists use our banking system. Remember, we spent all that time making sure that we monitor everything. And our president said, we want to make sure people are paying taxes. That's why we have to have 80 million dollars. And we're going to look at everybody who's. You know, making a withdraw $600. Really? You're using this to why we have all of this terrorist apparatus around uh, our country to protect us from really bad guys. And that's the way you're doing business. This is not about making a point. I, In fact, if if uh, Joe Biden dropped dead today, I still would be for finishing this investigation and then taking a stand legally on it. This is corruption at the highest level. If this isn't stopped, what do you think the next group of people will do? Hmm. Well, I mean, one would like to believe we might find somebody with a little bit more tethered, uh, who's a little bit more tethered to the <laughs> oh, ethics. But I listen, remember so when the, I was young and naive, too. <laughs> <laughs> listen, for, as you point out, for all of President Trump's problems, they didn't come close to looking like this. No. Yes, Jared Kushner got a great deal with a investment fund with the Saudis after he left, after Trump left office. Um, And now he's not going to be in the government if Trump goes back into the office. That is not the same. This is an allegation that while the sitting vice president, Joe Biden, Mm. took money or at a minimum understood that his son was in a position to bargain uh, for himself and his own money. And the, the quid pro quo in this was Joe Biden's policy changes on behalf of the United States. Um, Here's Chris Christie, who's running for president, just in case you forgot, as a Republican on Morning Joe in anticipation of this announcement. I don't see evidence yet 
that would support impeaching <laughs> Joe Biden. Um, and, and I think we're cheapening impeachment by doing that kind of thing. Oh, my god! I criticized Democrats for doing that over the Ukraine issue a number of years ago on impeachment. And, and I don't want my party to fall a victim to the same thing. But I do think it's important for it to be investigated because there are too many connections now, too many inconsistencies in the president's story and what he has said and what others have said who are apparently witnesses to his participation in helping Hunter Biden with his business. So we need to know the facts on that. And then we can make an intelligent decision about whether the facts exist to move forward to something more serious. Oh, my God. That, 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 that's exactly what they're doing. I don't see evidence. But that's what they're doing. They're not impeaching him today. They are putting it together an inquiry to find all of the facts. So I don't know what your point is uh, to me. Which steps up their uh, subpoena power, which may, which as Nancy May said, which steps. It is one thing to be pursuing a legislative interest. The Wall Street Journal had an editorial on this today to be pursuing a legislative interest and drop subpoenas on banks. They will not always comply. Your ability to go into court and to force them to to comply is not as strong as it would be in the context of an impeachment uh, inquiry at which Congress's subpoena power is at its apex. So it is no. And by the way, the Biden administration has been stonewalling this inquiry from the beginning. So how is it a response by them or their defenders to say there's no evidence? You've been preventing it. You have been the opposite of an open book. Go ahead, Glenn. I, I, you know, I know that when I was doing the Trump impeachment, I entered that when they first impeached him, impeached him. I went to my staff and I said, OK, let the cards fall where they may. Let's find out what the heck is going on. Everything we can. And um, I, I really thought maybe there is something you know, uh, with him in Russia or whatever. Uh, and I would be willing to expose it because I don't want my president, you know, being on the take. Uh, what we found was this corruption of Biden and the entire left was involved. Let's not forget Tony Podesta and everybody else that was involved in this. It, it is a big, wide game. Um, and I remember and I can't remember exactly if it's 72, but I I think it's 72 yellow tickets, which banks send out to the Treasury to say, you should investigate this 72 times. The Treasury Department was warned. This looks like money laundering. And we tracked back what we could. It is. And then we showed how you money launder, where you money launder, what banks you would use, what are the notorious banks, what are the notorious areas in the world? And they all matched up. Now, that's quite a coincidence. 72 warnings is pretty darn high for nobody to do an investigation. You know what else? Go ahead. And as somebody who, you know, you talk about openly having a family history of addiction, um, not only did Joe Biden let Hunter Biden sit on that Burisma board for a million dollars a year while Joe was running Ukraine corruption policy. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's period. That's enough. Period. Right there. But not only did he do that, he did it at a time when we now know from Hunter's book and his court appearances recently in which he had to detail the yep. details or the specifics of his addiction. He was actively in and out of inpatient rehab, failing snorting cocaine off of everything he could get his hands on, smoking crack. Joe Biden knew. He knew that that son 
was the one who was on the Burisma board, Glenn. Can I, I mean, may, to, may, to pretend that this was an appropriate decision in any cleanest version of the Bidens is to deny the reality staring you in the face. Well, first of all, you as a dad would know your son has no experience in gas and oil. So you would question immediately. But the thing that struck me as I was doing our investigation into Kolomoisky, who is the oligarch, um, who's just been kicked out, but was uh, one of the instruments that uh, was used to elect the current president, uh, Zelensky, but also uh, was the guy who had Privat Bank, where that's the bank that lost $7 billion of U.S. money, just lost. We don't know where it is. No investigation. Just lost it. This guy is also known as such a bad dude. He beheads anyone who gets in his way. Okay. He is, if you think Putin is bad, I'd like to introduce you to Kolomoisky. Now, and when I when I did my homework on Kolomoisky, I'm looking at this as a dad. And I would immediately be calling my son, especially if I knew my son had problems and saying, "Hun, please come home. Come home. Come home. Come home. You do not know what you're dealing with. This guy is is Al Capone. And we've romanticized Al Capone. Uh, He's a cold blooded killer and thug. No way. A loving dad sends his son who's having problem problems into a job he's not qualified for uh into a foreign country that is known for corruption uh where you have easy access to crack and hookers and everything else i don't do that as a dad just because i love my son i don't do that as a as a vice president because i know my son will most likely get into a situation where it'll be used against me i'll be blackmailed because of what my son might be doing there's no logic to this at all when when you say you know it has to be beyond a reasonable doubt no reasonable person would do these things to their son if they were struggling you look at the laptop which was fake now it's not but now nobody cares when you look at the laptop what he wrote to his family about dad and how I have to carry the family and dad makes me take 50 percent and give it to him. He is. I read a story yesterday that said uh, no matter how dicey things get, Joe Biden is keeping Hunter Biden close at hand. It shows the father's love. Are you kidding me? He's keeping him close at hand because that guy can go off the reservation at any time and has reason to go off the reservation. If he thinks dad is going to let him, you know, take a hit for what he's done for the family, uh, dad's sorely mistaken. And dad knows that. That's why Hunter is by his side all the time right now. Alan Dershowitz, who's on the program (laughs) yesterday. Love he him. clerked when he was a youngin. He's such a treasure. He clerked when he, he was a youngin for uh, Justice Goldberg on the U.S. Supreme Court. This is back uh, 63 to 64. And he told a story one time. It's a great story. And this is the law community in which I grew up, too. Never clerked for the Supreme Court, but this is the, the way lawyers are. Um, in which someone, a, a corporation or an individual, sent a basket of fruit to the justice's office. 
And hmm. Alan, as a young law clerk, had a banana. And the justice came out and said, what's that? What is that basket of fruit? And somebody said, oh, it was sent to us by such and such, some corporation. And he said, Who, why is it open? And Alan said, I had a banana. <laughs> the justice said, you go out down the street, you get a banana, you put that banana back in that fr fruit bouquet, and you send that bouquet right back to the sender immediately, immediately, because we cannot even have the appearance of propriety, of, of impropriety. You. you cannot even have Thank the appearance you. of of influence peddling like that from a corporation who could potentially be in front of the US, U.S. Supreme Court trying to buy influence with a justice here. A banana. And this, you've got the sitting vice president allowing his son to collect a million bucks a year who? just for sitting on a board at to which he offered zero expertise. And by the way, that son's a lawyer too. And by the way, I believe it is four different federal agencies came to the White House uh, vice presidential office and said, this is the at least the appearance of impropriety. Yes, you, you cannot have it. So it wasn't like everybody was blind. People in the administration and in other agencies getting yellow tags, everything else, they're going and saying, look, this just even looks really bad. Stop doing this. And they didn't. Why? Glenn, the State Department had a had a, a plan before Biden went over there and fired and, and called for the firing of this prosecutor who was investigating Burisma. They had a plan that did not include calling for the firing of this guy. It was all set. It had oh. been approved. That change came from Joe Biden's office. And there oh. was surprise expressed within state. Why is that? How did this get changed? Here's my question for you, given all that we've just discussed, which is only scratching the surface of the Joe Biden, Hunter Biden story. What about Barack Obama? Where's he? He's been awfully silent. on This, this oh. is his administration. You know damn well he knew. He fully knew what Hunter Biden was doing. You know, if your vice president's son is sitting on the Ukrainian board, you guys are pushing to have investigated. So uh, not only is Barack Obama involved, uh, Clinton is involved. Soros is involved. This uh, Podestas are involved. All of this is this is the elite of the uh, of the Democratic Guard. All of them were involved. All of them knew it. Uh, and that's not even getting to people like uh, Newland, who is a, a neocon, who, who orchestrated. We trained people, our State Department trained yeah. people to overthrow the yeah, sitting under government Hillary. under that's Hillary. Right. I mean, are, what? Americans don't have any idea what is being done all around the, the world in their name. It, you know, when, when we were trying to figure out on September 11th, why do they hate us so much? Oh, well, this is one reason. We, we go and we say one thing and we do the other. And we're just the dopes that are like, well, I don't want to pay attention to all of that. They're doing it in our name. The reason why people hate us now all over the world is because we've been corrupt for a long time. We are not doing things in the best interest of their countries, not sometimes in the best interest of our country. We are arrogant and uh, uh, and 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 immoral many, many times. Just immoral. I mean, I 
Look, I, for one, I, I listen to Barack Obama every two months, pop his head up and lecture us about how we need more censorship. Oh. And our national conversation has gotten dangerous. What role did you play, sir, in unleashing the danger we're now dealing with? The possibility of World War III as we, through proxies, stare down yes. Russia in a possible nuclear war. Yes. What role did you play, both with your administration's policy and by letting this kind of corruption go without so much as a boo? from you. You allowed it. This is your administration. He's the guy at the top. The buck stops with him. Let me play some Agreed. more reaction coming in. This one, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, oh, Democratic God. Congressman from Florida. Please. Kevin McCarthy and House Republicans, particularly the extreme, extreme MAGA wing of his caucus, are essentially just an arm of the Trump campaign. That, that's, that's what this is all about. Mm. Uh, they are succumbing to the pressure from Donald Trump uh, and from their right-wing MAGA base. And they're allowing Donald Trump to hold our economy hostage. They are allowing, uh, they, they are giving in to their extreme MAGA wing and they will potentially likely crash our economy all oh. while engaging in, any, th 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 they are oh. afraid. They, they know they have nothing there. You see oh exactly what she's doing. Oh, yes. How about Gonna all of our democratic our problems go into this convenient bucket? This bucket is now going to be blamed for everything so, we've done. Think of this, Megan. Gosh, Bidenomics. Have you thought who the hell in the Democratic Party said, let's name this Bidenomics? <laughs> okay. They're proud they were trying of to do the Obamacare trick, which worked right. for him. It's yeah. not going to work here. It's not working unless unless. You can now start blaming everything on the GOP like right. Obama did. You can blame all of it. We're at war. We you know what? We we have we have no more ammunition because the DOD was uh, didn't get its uh, didn't get its bill because they hate women so much and they hate black people and and uh, uh, and gay people and lesbians and transgender. And that person over there named Mike, they really hate Mike's as well. You can you can see the emergencies that could come up. I personally don't think that I maybe it's hope. I think this case is so uh, open and shut uh, that I mean, it, it if somebody can just tell the story on the national scale in Congress in a you know, in, in a televised, you know, package, if people are watching it and there's got to be the glove, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. There's always one thing that is the tipping point. I don't know what that one thing is yet for the American people, but when the American people focus on this, I think everything will change. And I think there's a very good possibility. I mean, I think this is really why Joe Biden was the guy. He's old. He doesn't know what he's going, what's going on. We'll just tell him what to do. Um, you know, we'll tell him, hey, you're going to be the new FDR. Everybody's going to love you. And he'll just do it. And he's expendable because at some point, if he becomes a liability, we have this, we have his age, whatever. And then we have you know, Kamala. Does anybody want? I was going to say, any, yeah, it doesn't end well, well wait, even for the Democrats. No, yes, exactly. And you don't want to put somebody in vice president. So what do we do? We put Kamala Harris in there 
Kamala Harris, she's going to pardon the president, just like Ford did. We're done with her, too. I mean, all he has to do is make it to like six months before, and he can resign or whatever. He just needs to make it almost there. So then we have an open slate, and we can get somebody who's good and different and young and not He doesn't bad. even need, need to go out in that sort of a, a you know— disgraceful moment. He could bail out. I don't think the Democrats want to disgrace him. They just may be looking at no alternative. But wait, I want to say two things about what you just said. Number one, you may be right that if the American people hear this laid out clearly, they'll be persuaded. The one thing that the Republicans have going for them is Joe Biden's popularity is very low. Two thirds of Democrats, Democrats do not think he should be the nominee. So the country's not behind him. There's not, he's not like Barack Obama was where he's totally Correct. beloved by his own party. 35, uh, he's very vulnerable, the, that's one. I think 35% of his own party think that, now think that there's corruption, that he might have yep. done something illegal. That's, that's right. astounding. That's, a par- that's separate and apart from the age yeah. and infirmity uh, concerns yes. they have. So that's yes. one. The thing the Republicans have going against them uh, among other things, is it's hard to understand Ukraine. It is. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to wrap up in a package. You start saying, you know, that you talk about the guy who he was dealing with on the Burisma board. I'm looking at it right now. I, I even I have to look at it. It's Lochevsky, uh, not to be confused with Zelensky, who's the president yeah. of Ukraine. Burisma. What's that? Hunter Biden did what? Where there was a bribe? Oh wait, there wasn't a bribe. How much money was yes. he getting? Who a prosecutor got fired? But there were other reasons to fire him. So, but like already, I'm lost. It's it's not easy to explain. And you know, Roger Ailes used to say, if you can't pitch it in two sentences, it's not a TV story. Well, here and it is. This is here's the pitch. This is not a TV story for most media outlets. Here's the pitch. Um, None of the Bidens, all nine of them that have the uh, that have offshore accounts, received money from oil and gas. Those companies did nothing for that money. And that money went to the family and then went to Biden. Now, just just there. What, what what's happening? I don't you don't need to know that, you know, Kolomoisky and uh, Zelensky and you don't need to know all of that stuff. You just need the American people to understand lots and lots of money, millions of dollars were funneled to each member of his family in an offshore account that each of them had. So you're expected to believe that every member of his family was providing some service for an oil and gas company where in Ukraine? By the way, no. by the way, Hunter Biden was specifically asked by that smart judge in Delaware who's who caught on to the fact that they were trying to pull a fast one on her and give yeah. him immunity for everything without really disclosing it. She asked him at the hearing, um, were you providing legal advice to these companies? Right. Because he actually tried to claim that. And to go back and read the transcript of him trying to wiggle, because now he's talking to the judge. He's not talking to you or me or media or his book publisher. Mm -hmm. He's talking to the judge. And you got to see him dance. Well, I think I think I mean, it's potentially I mean, it's it's one of the many things. I mean, it's clearly a lie for the very reasons you're stating. I want to get another uh, reaction to you. It's (laughs) Senator John Fetterman has thoughts on today's news. (laughs) <laughs> Take a listen. I ask you about this news that uh, Speaker McCarthy has formally launched an impeachment inquiry. Has said he's going to. Oh my God! Really? 
Oh my gosh, you know, oh, it's devastating. <laughs> Ooh, don't do it. Please don't do it. Oh no, oh no. Now please let's get him to stop talking. Hey, please stop. Could he also dress appropriately? Could he please just dress appropriately for the U.S. Senate? You're an embarrassment. No. Keep going. Uh, uh, just, I can't, um, I just, uh, you know, this says something completely off subject. This says something about the, uh, the way our country is run. You don't think there's a deep state. How come people who are having seizures, I don't care. It wasn't dehydration. He's having some sort of, you know, petite mall seizure or something neurological is happening with yeah. the speaker of the of the senator, the you know McConnell, then you you have what two senators now can't really string things together. Can't doesn't even one of them from California doesn't even know where she is. Then you uh, you have the president. This is a system where they just they don't care if you can think. They just need a warm body to say yeah. yay or nay. That should disturb people because. They're supposed to answer to you, but they're so out of touch with everything. They are so mentally um, impaired that they can't answer to you. They can't listen to you. They have to listen to the person that's standing behind them. Just vote yes. Just just say yay. Just say right. yay. That's it, it's a machine happening. Before it is. Stand by. Going to take a quick break. More with Glenn Beck right after this. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. They have said that this is has all the care Four, five former heads of the CIA. Both parties say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And that's exactly what, is this that's where exactly go? what this is where he's. Mm, remember that? So convenient. And now we know that the laptop, of course, was real, which we knew back then, which the FBI, his FBI, um, soon to be, would know back then. And yet he misled and never corrected the record. Welcome back to the Megan Kelly Show. Here with me now, Glenn Beck, host of the Glenn Beck program on Blaze TV. That wasn't the only lie he told during the presidential debates. Uh, here's another one just at random uh, where Trump was accusing Hunter Biden of taking money inappropriately from China, from this Moscow mayor who gave him the wife of the Moscow mayor, the widow, gave him three point five million dollars. Hunter and Devin Archer. That's happened. Trump knew it. He raised it. Listen to this. Why is it, just out of curiosity, the mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son three and a half million dollars. What did he true. do to deserve it? That what did he do with Barista to deserve $183,000? You've asked a question, not an answer. None of that is true. Oh, really? He totally didn't give totally no, hey, Mr. President, it's he totally, Mr. President, please. Totally discredited. Totally discredited. And by the way, well, wait, he talk, didn't get three and a half million dollars, Joe? Mr. Vice he got three Mr. And a half President, dollars. it is not true. Oh, really? Mr. Oh. President, but, you, it's, an, it's an open discussion, please. Now, you, you, it's a fact. I, well, there's, you there's have raised an issue. Let the been totally Vice President answer. Discredited. Did Barista was a pay him $183,000 a month with no experience in energy? Mr. Look, President, no my son did nothing wrong at Barista. I think he did. Mr. President, let him answer. 
You'll get the final word, Mr. Well, it's hard to get any word in with this clown. It's a very important question. Try to question. be honest. No, I, he I stood up. No, I, the answer to the question is no. Ukraine. No, I, sir. With a billion dollars, if you that is absolutely not true. You're doing it. You're going to have true, gentlemen. My God, how annoying was Chris Wallace? Trump was onto something. It was an important thread, and mm -hmm. Chris Wallace went, "Shut up! Shut up! Get out of the way! Let them mix it up. That's TV gold. Never mind important to the actual presidential selection. Trump." had him. He was exactly right. And the American people weren't allowed to hear the debate. And, you know, and you know, what's amazing is they impeached him because they said he was going after information and withholding, withholding aid. Okay. So what did Biden do? He was withholding aid until he got his way to help Burisma. Donald Trump was saying, I just want you to look into the corruption in our own country. Well, I mean, first of all, he wasn't he didn't withhold it, but he was asking for information, not just about, you know, somebody who is running against him. But we're looking into corruption because the corruption was there. The, I really think this is why they impeached him that first time on this because they needed to put a wall around him and say he's doing all of these bad things with Ukraine. So when the truth comes out, I don't think oh, that this is old news. About it. They were just like, let's get rid of him. Let's get rid of we, we, we hate Trump. Any excuse to get mm. rid of him would have done it. But now, Glenn, you're hearing people. I'm sorry to quote Keith Olbermann on the air, but oh, you're geez. hearing people like Olbermann say Trump has handed Biden a path to a landslide. Now, uh, it's not that I think much of Olbermann's political analysis, but to the discussion we had later uh, earlier, this is going to be the trash bucket into which the Democrats put everything. The bad economy, um, this is because of the Republicans. They're, they're hijacking the economy to focus on impeachment. They're not focused on their job or the American people. They're focused on this nonsense impeachment of poor Joe Biden, who just had a drug-addled son. That's it. Every single thing that, you know, Ukraine, that's all President Trump's fault. And now they're impeaching this poor old man who did absolutely nothing. There's no proof. No, the new turn, no hard evidence. No hard. Listen to CNN moments ago uh, with their chief political analyst. Listen to how he puts it. We have not seen any evidence, hard evidence, directly connecting wrongdoing on the part of uh, then Vice President Biden, now President Biden, and Hunter Biden's business dealings. What Kevin McCarthy does have in this moment on his side is public opinion. I mean, we just released a poll last week and we saw that uh, despite that lack of evidence having been presented, uh, a majority of Americans uh, believe something afoot here. So there is a perception issue that the White House is going to have to battle. And that is the perception issue that the House Republicans and Kevin McCarthy right now so, are leaning into. This is amazing. No hard evidence. New York Times yeah, had the same phraseology just I think it was today. No hard evidence has emerged that Biden personally participated in or profited from the business deals uh, that Hunter cut. But what's interesting here is they have spent years saying there's no evidence. This is uh, Russian propaganda. This isn't true. It's not true. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. Then it's revealed that he was. They still are to this day. They are still shoveling propaganda and their own side has about 35 percent saying, I think there's a problem here. 
this is a losing battle. This is this should be a lot more lopsided, quite honestly, if people were trusting the media. People know something's wrong here. They also know something's wrong with their pocketbook, and they also know something is wrong with um, his cognitive ability. So they're on the losing uh, side here. I, I, I really think he will resign before his term is up. Mm. He so will. no landslide, as Keith Olbermann said. We've gone through some of the statements, which we now know are completely untrue. Do we have time to play the Biden evolution on Hunter Biden and his messaging? Do we have time for that, Steve? Mm. He's calculating. He I have like never discussed with here. my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business? Yes, I stand by that statement. No, I don't discuss business with my son. I never discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine. The president was never in business with his son. (laughs) And that last bit, right? They tweaked it. Mm -hmm. So it was, these, these are all lies. Then it was, there's no evidence. Now it's, there's no hard evidence. Same as I've never even spoken about my son's business with him to I've, I was never in business with my son and now they're going to have to come up with a third iteration on that too. I mean, you know, what, what else? I, uh, you know, he was just an old adult man. He didn't really know all of this is untrue. They will continue to spin something, but I believe that they've already thought of these things when they selected him to be president of the United States. He's expendable. In the end, he's expendable. And when it becomes too much of a burden for them, they'll gladly give him up for somebody else that they think can win. And it's not common. Let me ask you a quick question in the minute we have left. Does Barack Obama step in sooner rather than later to tell him, Joe, it's time to move off the center stage, given, given his own stake in this impeachment inquiry? Yeah, I, somebody does it, um, but I think the inquiry has to uh, go for a little while, but it'll happen just like it did with um, Nixon, where he, members of his own party, and it will be Barack Obama will be part of it, which will make him, again, a hero because he was doing what was right for the country. And he just said, you know, we got to you got to you got to give it up because it's hurting the country. Right. That's what will happen. Even though it all happened, all happened under, under his, his watch. watch. Yep. Glenn Beck. Yep. Always so great talking to you, especially today. Thanks so much for being here. We got lucky having you this afternoon. Thanks oh, for thank you on. very much. You bet. Bye-bye. Wow. Uh, okay, don't forget to check us out. YouTube.com slash Megan Kelly uh, if you want to watch the show you just listened to. And we've got more with Maureen Callahan right after this. in one second, we're going to bring on Maureen Callahan for the very latest. She's a columnist for the Daily Mail. She is absolutely brilliant. She's been writing about Biden's absence on 9-11, didn't take the time to actually go to any one of the memorial sites. And we'll get to her with her reaction to the latest impeachment news. But first, I just wanted to walk you through. There was an extraordinary, a great, great piece on National Review um, by our friend Rich Lowry. And he was documenting a conversation he had with Andy McCarthy. Andy does a podcast too infrequently, only once a week uh, for National Review. It's always worth your time. And he really lays out his thoughts on the latest legal battles. And I just I just want to bring you through the bullets, okay? Because it's all about how there's more than enough proof already that the Bidens are corrupt, all right? He says, I'm paraphrasing in most of these instances, but he writes that Joe Biden was complicit 
in an inherently corrupt enterprise that centered on selling access to him when he was a high official of the U.S. government who had incredible power and was entrusted with handling sensitive matters. At any point, Joe Biden could have shut down this operation to use Hunter to get to him, the sitting VP. In fact, he played along. He made himself party to a grotesque influence peddling scheme beneficial to his family. Is there any standard by which this is okay? He gets into the story of Burisma, founded by Nikola Zlochevsky. They were put under investigation, Zlochevsky in particular, needed some help. They put Hunter on the board for a million dollars a year shortly after Biden became VP in charge of Ukraine policy. Uh, They went to uh, and also they gave Devin Archer, Hunter's business partner, a similar deal. Tons of money for sitting on the board. Neither one had any expertise in oil and gas. It was an obvious payout. Completely obvious, writes Rich, why Burisma would want Hunter Biden. His pay uh, was cut in half when Vice President Joe Biden left office and became just ex-Vice President. Why would they cut his pay in half? It was obvious they were paying for the connection to sitting power. Hunter knew it. So did Joe. Eventually, Burisma asked for what it was paying for. Uh, The CFO of Burisma, Vadim Pazarsky, sent an email requesting that Hunter and Archer, quote, use your influence, end quote, to bring a halt to the investigation into Zlochevsky and Burisma. One year later, Pazarsky was invited to a dinner. Guess who was there? Joe Biden, not just Hunter, Joe Biden and Hunter at Cafe Milano. This is the one at which that widow of the mayor of Moscow, Yelena Baterina, was also there. She gave Hunter and Devin Archer $3.5 million. Trump tried to raise it at the debate. He was shut down, right? That's Joe Biden at the meeting with Pazarsky, the guy who's saying to Hunter, please use your influence to stop the investigation into Burisma. The following November, a month later, uh, Pazarsky wrote to Hunter and Archer Biden complaining that a proposed arrangement they had lacked reference to concrete, tangible results that we uh, set out to achieve, like names of top U.S. officials here in Ukraine, for example, the U.S. ambassador or Ukrainian officials, i.e. the president of Ukraine, chief of staff, prosecutor general, as key targets for improving Zlochevsky's case and his situation in Ukraine. An obvious reference to the corruption investigation into this guy who founded Burisma. They're asking Hunter to make it go away. They wanted concrete deliverables. That's a quote especially a list of the top U.S. policymakers who would be coming to Ukraine to achieve the ultimate purpose to close down any cases slash pursuits against Zlochevsky in Ukraine. It's all there in black and white. Get these guys off of our back. That's why we're paying you the money. Stop the corruption investigation. He referred to all of this as our joint efforts. And Hunter Biden assured him that, quote, we are all aligned. A month later, the Burisma board met in Dubai. We've all talked about this before on our show, where Zlochevsky was because he was not allowed to return to Ukraine. His legal troubles troubles were a focus of this board meeting. Afterwards, Zlochevsky and this other guy, Pozarsky, requested an urgent private meeting with Hunter and Devin Archer. At that private meeting, Pozarsky, the number two guy, asked Hunter, can you ring your dad? He actually asked him to ring his dad, the sitting vice president, astonishingly inappropriate, writes National Review. But Hunter Biden did it. He he told the vice president he was with Nikolai and Vadim. The vice president apparently did not need a refresher on who they were. Um, And while business was not directly discussed, 
Hunter Biden insisted that these guys, quote, need our support. Lowry raises the question, where was the righteous indignation? Where was the Justice Goldberg reaction? You put that banana back. You send that fruit basket back immediately. You don't even get the whiff of impropriety when this office is involved. That's, again, best case scenario if Joe Biden didn't know. The evidence seems clear he did. Uh, It was a shocking conflict of interest, concludes National Review. Completely agree, and I've been saying it here for months. The day of the Dubai board meeting, Hunter Biden business partner Eric Schwerin emailed a draft statement to Vice President Biden's communications director, Kate Bedingfield, to use to beat back potential inquiries about Hunter's shady dealings in Ukraine. She emailed back saying Vice President Biden had approved the statement, which he later put out with only a few changes. The next year in 2016, Zlochevsky, the guy who founded Burisma, reportedly told an FBI informant, this is back to that FBI form, that the Democrats and the FBI fought so hard to not let us see. But now we have. It's the one Nancy Mace reviewed and came out saying, oh, my God, Joe Biden appears to have taken a bribe. All right. Um, The next year in 2016, Zlochevsky reportedly told an FBI informant who asked about the prosecution's investigation into Burisma Don't worry. This is a quote. Don't worry. Hunter will take care of all those issues through his dad. Zlochevsky later told the informant that he had paid $10 million to Joe and Hunter, five and five. He said, Zlochevsky did, according to this FBI informant document, that Hunter was dumber than this guy's dog, but that he needed to be on the Burisma board, quote, so everything will be okay. All we hear from these Democrats today is, No evidence, no hard evidence, no there, there. All Kevin McCarthy's doing is opening an inquiry into whether impeachment here makes sense. Joining me now, Maureen Callahan. Maureen, I know you've been writing about this issue and covering the Bidens. What do you make of today's news and, you know, that layout of facts by National Review, which, again, doesn't even get into the more salacious pieces of the story. Oh, my God, Megan. Well, first of all, thank you again for having me. It's always so great to be on your show and talk to you. Um, I think everything that you just laid out uh, vis-a-vis Rich Lowry's piece is damning. It's devastating. Uh, I think that people are really tired of being told not to believe what they're seeing and hearing. I think it's very interesting that there has been a a turn in the narrative here. It's always been sort of assumed that Hunter was the rogue agent and Joe Biden was sort of the beleaguered father who was doing everything he could to keep his poor addicted son together, especially after the death of Bo. And now you're hearing and seeing people begin to ask, well, wait a minute, you know, maybe we have this backward. Maybe Hunter's just the bag man and Joe is the active one sort of peddling his access on the open market. Um, You know, the idea that there's no evidence is akin to saying Joe Biden is completely mentally and physically able to carry out the duties of the president of the United States. When you saw him wander off during that Medal of Honor ceremony last week, that was nothing. You know, I mean leaving this this Vietnam veteran who is only one or two years older than Joe Biden alone on that stage as he wanders off. And 
So, you know, I think, I think this is, this is really good news for those of us who, who think that our elected officials, especially those at the very highest levels should be held to account. I have got to ask you about this clip we pulled. I remembered this. I said to my team, go back and pull the exchange because I know that Trump raised this in the debate with Biden. He raised the corruption of Hunter. And I remembered him being shut down by Chris Wallace at the time. It was remarkable. Let me tell you something. As a debate moderator, you understand you've hit gold when the candidates start to argue. That is when any good debate moderator knows, shut up, fade into the background. If it's if it's something good, for sure, you know, like if it's something meaningless, like whatever. But nine times out of 10, fade, let them fight. That's what we're here for. It's not for you to fight with them. It's for them to fight with each other. Look again at this clip understanding that. And I know Chris Wallace and I've prepared for presidential debates with Chris Wallace multiple times. I know he knows this rule. Uh, Look at this clip, understanding where we are today, what we know today, that everything you're about to hear Trump say is true. We now know it's true. Watch it. Why is it just out of curiosity, the mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son three and a half million dollars. What did he true. do to deserve it? That what did he do with Barista to deserve one hundred eighty-three thousand dollars? Not an answer. If not, none of that is true. Oh, really? Totally no, hey, Mr. President, it's totally, Mr. President, please, totally discredited. Totally discredited. And by the way, well, wait, he didn't get three and a half million dollars, Joe. Mr. Vice he got three Mr. And a half President, dollars. it is not true. Oh, really? Mr. Oh. President, you, it's, an, it's an open discussion, please. Now, you, you, it's a fact. I, well, there's, you there's have raised an issue. Let the been totally Vice President answer. Discredited. Did Barista was a pay him $183,000 a month with no experience in energy? Mr. Look, President, no my son did nothing wrong at Barista. I think he did. Mr. President, let him answer. You get the final word. Mr. Well, it's hard to get any word in with this clown. It's a very important Try to question. Be honest. No, I, I stood good. up. No, stood I, I, the answer to the question is no. Ukraine. It, no, I, sir. With a billion dollars. Sir, if you that is if absolutely you know what, you're, wait, not stop. true. You're doing it. You're going to have tape. true. Gentlemen. He wouldn't let him berate Joe Biden. He wouldn't let him pummel him. Give me a real answer. I don't believe what you're saying. Great. Let Joe Biden hold his own. Let let Joe Biden fight. Let Trump say that's not true. He didn't do this. Give me an answer. He kept protecting Joe Biden. And you know what he moved on to, Maureen? Race. Race. I'll read you the exact question. Let's please continue on the issue of race. Vice President Biden, you say President Trump's response to the violence in Charlottesville three years ago when he talked about very fine people on both sides was what directly led you to launch this run for president. I can't. You know, I mean, it's, it's so there in real time, we can all see media entities, media figures placing their thumb on the scale. You know, it was so um, obvious, really, during that election, what was going on. You know, the country was still in the throes of COVID. There was a lot of trauma. There was George Floyd, the BLM movement. There was so much anxiety and there was so much, I do think it's especially, and this is coming back to bite the media, a protection, you know, a sort of like nuclear, like a force field around Joe Biden. Like, don't ruffle his feathers. Let's just get us through this election and get him into office so we can have 
some sort of return to normalcy, you know, and I, I do think that, you know, January 6th sort of underscored that to a degree, but the answer now is not to continue to protect a man we know is a proven liar, a plagiarist, a fabulist, corrupt, way too weak to be in office. I mean, he has not yet gone to East Palestine, Ohio. And if that disaster had taken place in a coastal city with moneyed citizens, you can bet he would have been on a plane, you know, maybe within two weeks, as with Maui, uh, you know, and then to put your feet on the ground and, and start comparing that horrific disaster, that apocalypse to a kitchen fire in his mansion. Uh, I, I personally, Megan, I'm sure you feel the same way, are flummoxed by the media's continued obfuscation here. Mm -hmm. That This is why I am fine with the term rigged. I, I'm not okay with stolen necessarily, because it seems to me to imply a massive stealing of votes, flipping of votes. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like, but rigged? Yes, yes. From the laptop lies and the shutting down, of course, of the New York Post reporting, to this moment right here on the presidential debate stage with millions of eyeballs watching the two candidates hash out an, an issue that the mainstream media wouldn't cover. So Trump raised it and tried to have a debate with the guy on it. That's not unfair. He's right there. Let him answer for himself. That's fine. You can have a snappy back and forth where the one says he didn't. He didn't. Did he or did he not take the money from Burisma? That's fine. In, in, you know, Wallace kept saying, let him answer. Let him answer. Joe Biden would answer. And he, Trump sensed a lie. And then Trump tried to cross-examine him. Like, really? Really? And he kept shutting it down, shutting it down. It's the same thing. The same thing happened with Leslie Stahl. In the 60 Minutes interview, we actually have that queued up. Watch. I think it's one of the biggest scandals I've ever seen. And you don't cover it. Biggest you want to talk about... Well, because it can't be verified. You want to talk I'm about insignificant you. things. I'm telling you. Of course it can be verified. Excuse we, me. We they found the laptop. It. Leslie, Leslie. Can't be verified. What can't be verified? The laptop. Why do you say that? Because Even the family hasn't. The family on the laptop. He's gone into hiding for five days. He's gone into hiding. He's preparing for your debate. Oh, it's taken him five days to prepare. I doubt it. That was Trump's own clip. Remember, he taped the full interview himself. Nothing about that that wound up in the 60 Minutes interview. He released it. Leslie Stahl, 60 Minutes, saying they couldn't get into the laptop because it hasn't been verified. At that point, 100%, the FBI knew it was Hunter Biden's. They had, they had confirmed that 100%. The media easily could have confirmed if they had done two minutes of work, as now all the media has verified that it's true. And she wouldn't report on it, just saying can't be can't. So this guy, I mean, you have to feel for Trump. He tried. He put himself out there with 60 minutes adversarial media on the debate stage trying to raise it. And at every turn, the answer from the left wing press was no, you can't even talk about it. That Leslie Stahl exchange as a journalist, it's it, it's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing to just be a, a, a lapdog you know, carrying water for quote unquote, your guy, you know, insisting over and over this White House, 
talking point. Well, pre, you know, Biden in there, but the Democratic talking point, which was this can't be verified. And Trump's very good, salient, logical, provable point was the family hasn't even denied it. You know, and this is this has gotten us where we are, you know, to have a president on the world stage who, you know, I'm sure you saw his rambling, rambling speech in Vietnam, not knowing whether it was day or night, saying he needed to take a nap, invoking his sort of John Wayne line that he uses all the time. It just it's embarrassing and it projects weakness. And I don't know why the party is taking so long with this. I don't know why the electorate is sort of in this sort of coma-like frame of acceptance, like this is the best we can do. Personally, I thought after Reagan, we would never allow someone that mentally impaired to continue to serve. And that was well before the age of cell phones, social media, you know, we see and hear everything. Uh, it's, it's, I, I, I think we deserve better. I think we deserve a better choice. Um, but I, I think the media has a lot to answer for here. Every day I wait to see if, if, if the White House press corps is going to ask a relevant question. I still cannot believe major outlets did not at all cover his absence from 9-11. I can't believe it. I want to get to that. I want to get to that one second. Uh, but you raised what happened in uh, Vietnam. Mm -hmm. We played a couple of clips from it yesterday and they were embarrassing. You know, I want to go to bed. And it was it was like it wasn't Mitch McConnell-esque, but he did freeze for a second right in the middle of a thought and then just looked at them and said, I don't know about you, but I'm going home and I'm going to bed. It was like it, it was bizarre. Um, then there was the moment where he I've heard a couple of commentators refer to it as like getting played off at the Grammys. You know, it was like he got up there, he clearly got in trouble with his oratory and his staff clearly wrapped him quickly, played the music, literally played the music to get him off stage. Here it is. Sot 24. Southern Hemisphere had access to change. It had access. It wasn't confrontational at all. You came with thank thank you, everybody. This ends thank, the press thank, conference. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. with every person I've met with. Mr. President, Mr. President, are you worried about your son being indicted, Mr. President? Off he goes to the Muzak, which they began after his aide had to wrap him. I don't know if it was KJP, but they had to say it's it's over, Mr. President. Walk out. He was once again wandering uh, when he was over in Vietnam not able to figure out where to go in the room had happened days before at the you know Medal of Honor ceremony where he walked off, leaving that Vietnam vet up there by himself. I mean, Maureen, every day there's something. Every day there's something. And, you know, I've touched upon this in a, a column before. I don't understand why those closest to Joe Biden and really, I mean, his immediate family members, his wife, it, just in terms of protecting Joe Biden protecting his legacy. You know, he ran uh, as a one and done. He said, if you get me in, I will get us through the worst of COVID. I will get us out of this nightmare. I will have knocked Trump off the national stage 
and I will turn the keys over to whoever's next behind me. And, you know, instead we're stuck with this gerontocracy. And I don't, I wonder sometimes, you know, if what Jill Biden must be thinking, if that were my husband, I would be pulling him outside and saying, this is it. You know, your time is up. You did great. You did the best you could, but for everyone's sake, yours included, it is time to go. And this sort of coupled with everything we continue to learn about Hunter Biden's dealings and payments that Joe, the big guy, you know, was was probably getting, it, it makes you wonder, why not quit while you're ahead? You know, are they all this power hungry? Are they all this corrupt? It's I know you've been writing about the 9-11 debacle uh, and him blowing it off entirely. I mean, I just just didn't think it was important to be at any one of the four sites where the planes went down. Instead, he was in Alaska. That was bad enough, Maureen. It was completely disrespectful. Um, Ron DeSantis was there. I saw him at Ground Zero. He's he's only running for president. He's not the sitting president. And and this from a man who you've pointed out wants us to see him as our empathizer in chief. So uh, let's just start there on on how egregious you think it was that he refused to show he was in Alaska instead. I mean, his empathizer in chief thing has always been a lie. And it was peddled hardcore uh, during that last presidential presidential election by the media. I mean, I personally I always thought it was very interesting that Obama was really holding back his endorsements, uh, like his public full-throated endorsement of Joe Biden. That always struck me as very interesting. Um, I think situating himself in Alaska, literally as far afield as you could get from any of the 9-11 sites, was just a, it, it reminded me of his, his demeanor at Dover when those 13 caskets were being loaded off of those military planes and he was checking his watch. He, caught, he was caught oh checking God. his watch each time one casket came off, like how much longer do I have to endure this? The fact of the matter is if, if, if a tragedy does not affect Joe Biden or anyone in his immediate sphere, he really doesn't care. I found his reaction to the chaos and the unnecessary deaths at Kabul during his disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan was heartless. He was asked two days later in a primetime interview, I believe it was Lester Holt, about the 17-year-old boy who fell to his death clinging to that C-17 plane. And mm. Biden just snapped at him. He said, that was four or five days ago. What do you, like, come on, man. Like, he's, come on, man. You know, this sort of juvenile, sort of swatting away of things that are inconvenient truths to him. Just as you saw in that exchange with Trump saying, my son did nothing wrong. He did, he did nothing wrong. He did do something wrong. He had zero experience in, in, in energy with a Ukrainian energy company. He's pocketing $80,000 a month. Are you kidding me? Um, you know, I think as I wrote in the column, the, the calculation by his staff must have been that to see Biden dozing off or wandering away during a 9-11 ceremony would be an optic they could never walk back. They could never excuse. 
it would give Trump, you know, free campaign ads for the, for the, for the cycle. Um, and again, that is my question. If he can't even make it through a 9-11 ceremony, what is he doing in the Oval Office? What, what right, what business does he have to be there? It's, it was amazing because he couldn't find the time to show up at one of the sites where the planes mm -hmm. went down um, and, the, and the buildings were hit and the Pentagon was hit. But he could find time to announce a new deal with Iran where we're, we're going to release $6 billion to them in exchange for some prisoners. Like that, they thought 9-11 was an appropriate day to, to confirm that deal had just taken place. And then, Maureen, he goes out. And I mean, I want to say it's bizarre, but it's not bizarre given the just the range of Joe Biden's strange conduct over the past two years. He lied about where he was the day after the attacks on September 12th, 2001. Listen to how he what where he would like us to believe he was. Browns are in New York. And I remember standing there the next day. And looking at the building, I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could away from where you could stand. Except it's not true. He was not at ground zero on 9-12. He was in Washington, D.C., and he did not meander up to see ground zero until weeks later with a congressional delegation. He did not stand there. And even his description of what he saw um, didn't match what he originally said. So I don't know if this is an intentional self-aggrandizement. I was there. I was in the middle of it all. Or if he's really just crossed over to that point in life that some people reach thanks to dementia and old age, where all the memories meld and sometimes one story kind of merges with another and both had nuggets of truth, but put together, it's not true. Either way, you don't lie about 9-11. Yeah, I mean, it's akin to stolen valor. I think any of us who were in New York City that day regard it as a sacred day um, and one in which, you know, there are, to put himself there, honestly, it doesn't surprise me. I think you're being quite generous in, in theorizing that maybe his memories are, are, are sort of melding into each other in the whatever stages of obvious dementia he is in but throughout his career he really i have always thought he was probably you know a narcissist like a, probably a malignant one i always always found it incredibly strange and disturbing that he was sworn into office in the hospital room where his two sons ages four and two i believe were in, you know, I think Hunter was in traction. They were, they had, they had survived that terrible car crash that took the life of their mother and their infant sister. And instead of stepping back and saying, maybe I need to be there for my children right now. Maybe I'm going to do a very quiet swearing in ceremony on the Hill. He used that hospital room and those injured, traumatized children as props that may be a very cynical read on it, but I, I I think this is always who Joe Biden has been. And I think if he is not at the center of the story, 
and in some way looking like a real tough guy. I mean, do, lest we forget Horn Pop, the gang member at the community pool who Joe Biden set straight with a chain, uh, 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 you know, uh, this is who he is. And um, he, as much as his staff tries to help him from himself, this is going to be a very different campaign cycle. He will not have the luxuries of his basement. Right. Well, or will he? I don't know. You know, I think one downside of Trump refusing to do the GOP debates is Joe Biden's going to use it and say, I'm not doing them either. I'm not doing a debate with you. I, you know, I, you've already proven that this is an option available. Trump says he's going to do the general election debates if he gets the nomination. But mm -hmm. I do think it's a bad precedent. You know, before it was just a given, everyone's going to participate in the debates. You know, obviously there was that one where Trump got mad that yours truly was going to be there a long time ago <laughs> and he wouldn't show up. Um, but in general, it's been a given that you show up for the debates. And I think that that's the Democrats will use this if, in fact, he remains the nominee, right, to, to get him out of it. Because, Maureen, how, how could they put him out there? You know, I, it's such a great point. I mean, it would be a devastating precedent to set to rob the American people of the chance to see each party's nominee head to head, face to face on their own, debate the issues. And if the media swallows this and we're in danger of it happening because with each Biden misstep or corruption probe or anything that's remotely uh, compromising, you know, the media continues to sort of just turn a blind eye to it. And if this is allowed to be set, if 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 both candidates say, I'm not doing it, I'm going to talk to my people on social media, I don't need you guys, you know, we do, we do need moderators. We do need to hear these issues hashed out in real time. I mean, I, and this is this is what bothers me so much about this sort of again this sort of swallowed idea that a gerontocracy is fine and dandy. You know, when you see Mitch McConnell freezing for thirty seconds, unable to speak, unable to move, when you see a Diane Feinstein getting wheeled in and she doesn't even have control of her own finances, she's ninety-one. I mean, we deserve better. We deserve better. And if Biden decides he's going to tap out of this year's debates, I would hope that the media pushes back hard enough where this is not an option. It's it's a it's threatening to to democracy. I think I, I, we have a shot. Threatening. We have a shot on that because the media is self-interested in seeing debates. It runs up their numbers. They can print copy. They get ratings, so they have self-interest in seeing that happen. So we have a shot at them holding him to account. But I, I think on the impeachment inquiry, there's some good news. They will be forced to start asking about it. The next person who gets a sit down with Joe Biden would be a national laughing stock if they didn't actually press him on these allegations now. So that's a plus. That's progress. But I think that more than likely, we're going to see more of the Chris Wallace, uh, Leslie Stahl behavior of either running cover for him or finding it so overwhelmingly hard to understand what's real and what's not that they just avoid it. 
and, you know, just say, oh, okay, he's answered. Let's move on. Because I don't know whether that was Chris Wallace running cover for Joe Biden or whether he just hadn't researched the issue and he was uncomfortable and he didn't want Trump spewing falsehoods that he couldn't fact check, as opposed to entertaining the bizarre notion that Trump might be right. Trump might be the factual one here and Joe Biden might be the liar, right? It's a thought you have to entertain. You have to go into la la world and actually check your bias and entertain the thought that the bad guy might actually be the good guy and vice versa. All right, stand by. We're going to squeeze in a quick break. Maureen stays with us and some great stories to get to. We'll lighten it up a bit on the opposite side of this break. One of the things I've been dying to talk about is this soccer coach over in Spain. Now, this story has gotten a lot of play in the print press, less so on TV and certainly over in Europe. It's everywhere, but not as much here. The guy's name is Luis Rubiales. And up until like a day ago, he was the president of Spain's official soccer federation. Um, He was the guy behind their World Cup Cup victory. Uh, Spain won the Women's World Cup. And I think it was like the first, it was the first, first ever time they did it, the women's, uh, women's team. And at the moment they won, one of the players, her name is Jennifer Hermoso, came over and during like the receiving line as all the players went down the line and said, congrats. And she picked him up. Um, she picked, she wrapped her arms around his waist. She lifted him off his feet and he laughed and shouted. Then when she put him down, he gave her an embrace and gave her a quick kiss, a quick peck on the mouth. It wasn't a linger. It was quick in and out. Peggy, I mean, uh, Heather McDonald wrote a piece about this in Quillette dated yesterday, which is well worth people's time. And she documents how Jennifer Hermoso left the field and streamed a live Instagram of herself celebrating in the team locker room, swigging from a champagne bottle, stuffing a chocolate, chocolate cupcake in her mouth, guffawing, smirking for her smartphone, off camera, someone asked what she thought of the kish. Still laughing, she says, uh, no me ha gustado. Hey, I'm, I didn't like it. Uh, but she's laughing. And then later they show her teammates laughing about it and so on. The Spain's feminist, writes Heather, were less amused. Started complaining that she'd been sexually assaulted by Ru- Rubiales. Uh, for a while, Jennifer Hermosa brushed off the allegation in a statement sent to Spanish news agency. She wrote that the kiss was a mutual d- gesture that was totally spon- Spontaneous prompted by the huge joy of winning the World Cup. We have a great relationship. His behavior with all of us has been a 10 out of 10. This is just a natural gesture of affection and gratitude. I'm a world champion. That's what matters. They stayed on it. The feminists, I mean, every other day I was seeing a story about trying to get this guy fired. He was like, what are you doing? What are you saying? What's happening here? Being treated like a rapist. And then Hermoso does a 180, which was the kiss of death for him. She discovers, as Heather writes, appearances notwithstanding, She had, in fact, been traumatized by the incident, posted a statement to Twitter addressing the Soccer Federation, saying the situation was a shock for me. In the context of the celebration and with the passing of time and analyzing in more detail those initial feelings, I feel the need to denounce this act. Uh, No person should be the victim of this kind of non-consensual behavior. I felt vulnerable and the victim of assault goes on from there. Then he went on with Piers Morgan and said the following, SOT 28. About my resignation, yes, I'm going to do. I'm going, going to, to resign. Yeah, I'm going to, yes, because I cannot continue my work. 
and he did resign and he's out. What do you make of it? This is such a crazy story. I've also been really interested in this too. Um, I think one of the, one of the hardest things to uh, challenge here is that image of, uh, of, of, of his hands around Hermosa's head and bringing her in because it's such a, it seems so simple, so declarative that it was forceful, something she did not want. And then when you read in a little bit, the Heather McDonald piece you cited was quite illuminating. Jennifer Hermosa, Jenny Hermosa said, I mean, she said she wasn't a victim of anything. And it was just one of those things in the moment. And did she like it? No. Was she fine? Yes, she was still intact. The headline here was that she was a victor. They had won. And I think, I think two things. I think one is we are really still in this moment of overcorrecting um, because sexual harassment and sexual assault have been so difficult to prove and the onus has always been on the woman. And so I think that we're, the pendulum has swung too far and it will go back. And I think that we're talking about this story is proof of that, because I also think it does women no favors to lean into victim mode uh, when it's unnecessary and when it's untrue. And thirdly, you know, this has cost a man who we have not heard that this is a pattern of behavior, that there's a file, you know, a foot tall about his improprieties yep. with females. This has cost him his life and his reputation, his life's work. And I think that people don't really weigh those those consequences with the with the gravity that they should. It, I just think it's such a waste of a man's career. He was riding high. He had such an accomplishment with this team of winning. And in a moment of, yes, exuberance, he he crossed a line he shouldn't have crossed. It was not that bad, as even she said immediately thereafter. And for him to lose his career over this is absolutely wrong. It's absurd. She did the wrong thing, too. She should have said, you know what? It was fine. I didn't like it, but we moved on. And he, he should have said, I'm so sorry. I got carried away. And she was said, I'm sorry, too. I'm sorry I grabbed you and lifted you up and made you seem like a girly man. Right. Like no man wants that. <laughs> anyway, hey. that should have been the end of it. But the feminists took over. I swear, I think the same thing happened to Michael Orr and the whole blindside thing. You know, like the race activists took over and convinced him that he was the victim of these white saviors and he should be resentful of them instead of grateful to them. And he, too, did a 180 on his story. And all of it's just so distasteful. All right, wait, I've got to get you to talk about Kanye and his wife because you're writing about these two. <laughs> I, I, I wait, I wait for the next Maureen Callahan update Aww. on what's happening. <laughs> it's so weird. The wife's name is Bianca Sensori. She worked for his company and then I guess they formed an attachment of some sort. Now, unclear whether they're legally married or just married in some sort of a ceremony. And we don't know. They say that they're married. They're over in Italy behaving terribly. We talked about on the show last week. She was very clearly, it appears, giving him a blowjob in one of those Venice boats. His his butt is hanging out. She's on her knees in front of him. And now there are pictures every day of her walking around Italy. The police are investigating this, by the way, as public indecency. Pictures of her every day walking around looking like some sort of drugged out abuse victim. I'm not saying she is abused. I'm just saying that's what she looks like. She's literally wearing pantyhose 
and a tube top here, Maureen. This is pantyhose. This mm-hmm. is like full length pantyhose that you and I might put on under a dress. She's wearing them out. And mm-hmm. like, like it looks like an ace bandage around her enormous breasts, which maybe is an improvement from what she wears the other half of the time, which is like a mask over her face. The day before this, she was out just holding a pillow over her breast. She had no clothes. It was just a pillow over her breasts. I don't know what's happening here, but I feel really uncomfortable with it. Oh, it's it's really disturbing. I think, you know, the the images of her. Well, first of all, it's 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 historically uh, proven and you can date it back through magazine articles and even the Kardashian show when Kanye decides he is going to bring you into his world as a romantic partner. He makes you over in the image and likeness that he sees fit and has said as much. I think it was Julia Fox who said he told her, if you want to be seen in public with me, you must look this certain way. And with Bianca Sensori, what I find really disturbing is he's gone to the point of visually negating her, sort of rendering her not even human with the the cover uh, covering her face, her head, her entire body. This to me seems to be Kanye saying, this is my ideal woman. She can't see, she can't speak for herself. She can't hear, you can't interact with her. I own her, she is my property. Having her walking around Italy, like clutching this, it looks like a, a throw pillow that you put on a couch over her bare breasts. And the entire time, I agree with you completely. She looks like a hostage. She looks like she's drugged out and like not in control of herself. Um, I just, I find it, I find it really, really creepy. I just do not think things are going to end well here. I don't either. And now her friends are speaking out saying this doesn't seem like her. She's somebody who's very lively normally. She's Australian. She's, she's like, apparently is a big talker, but in these pictures, she looks miserable what kind of a woman would get down on her hands and knees and perform fellatio on a man in an open boat in Venice? And the man happens to be Kanye West. It's not like people aren't going to be taking pictures. It's bizarre. She looks sad. I'd be sad too. <laughs> run, run, Bianca. Um, last but not least, I've got to ask you about Harry and Meghan and Meghan in particular. So my belief, Maureen, is that Ari Emanuel, her new power agent, has been trying to rehabilitate her by getting suits to get replayed all over Netflix, I think it is. But you couldn't avoid the promo for this this summer if you turned on your television, Um, trying to get her back into people's minds so she can relaunch her career, maybe improve her likability factor. Well, it's not working. A new poll conducted by Newsweek shows that her popularity is down eight points from June. Uh, She's underwater in her net approval rating, 33% of people reported their dislike for her. 31% said she was okay to them. I guess the rest don't have an opinion, but she's going in the wrong direction. Harry's liked by a few more, but they're still both disliked. And so you tell me whether it is possible at this point to rehabilitate Meghan Markle. Oh, it's completely impossible. And I love watching every attempt at continuing (laughs) to revive this corpse. I think this is among the greatest performance <laughs> artists we are seeing. Uh, it, it's great to watch in real time. I, I agree with you. I think the suits thing was really strange. Like out of nowhere, this obscure right. 
legal drama that nobody watched that had zero cultural capital. Nobody talked about suits. Nobody cared. You know, um, I think Ari Emanuel, I don't know why he would take this on unless he just really feels the need for a challenge that's insurmountable. It's going to fail. She is completely unlikable. As I've written before, I, I saw her in person speak to a room full of self-selected feminists who you think would be inclined to hear what she had to say. And this was at Gloria Steinem's Women of Vision event that was back in the spring. Um, and Meghan Markle is incapable of coming across as anything less than insincere and phony and inconsiderate and just in love with her own aura and her own incredible boring backstory there she has zero to offer um they can keep trying to shove her down america's throats we don't want it and we're not going to buy into any of it that was the night of her fake car chase right that was the i think that was the nail in the coffin for her that <laughs> I fake agree. car chase amazing that photo <laughs> That paparazzi photo where she's sitting in between Harry and her mother, just looking serene. You know, that crazy <laughs> namaste face she's always making. Like, I'm so calm. Yes. You know, okay. You're being, you're being, you're being chased just like Diana. Not a high speed right. mid Manhattan chase. Great. Got it. It cool. was terrifying. Your life was in danger. I mean, really her PR people tried to put that out. We could tell it was a lie. We knew like everything with this woman, if it, if it makes her feel uh, or look sympathetic or good, it's a lie. Uh, Maureen Callahan, what a pleasure. Please come back often. Thank you so much, Megan. Always so fun to be on your show. All right. And just do yourselves a favor. Google Maureen Callahan Daily Mail. Just start reading. You can't lose. Every single one is a winner. Trust me. Thanks to all of you for joining us today. Want to remind you uh, that on Thursday, we have our interview with Donald Trump. It's going to air right here. Tomorrow, we have a special look at all of our past interviews with the top GOP candidates. We're doing that because it might be interesting to you and also because we'll be sitting with Donald Trump right around that time. So we got to do that. But don't forget, Thursday, yours truly, Donald Trump. Be there. Thanks for listening to The Megyn Kelly Show. No BS, no agenda, and no fear.